Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Jeff. It's so, so good to be here with you today on this uh, this day of days, This uh, the finale of Agent Carter. The final day. Yes, this is our last... Our last little discussion about Agent Carter. How, how did you? How did you? Uh, how did you feel about the episode tonight? It was an episode. It was an episode. Not 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 a huge fan. Eh, it uh, it didn't feel like a finale. Yeah. It just felt like it. There wasn't. There wasn't that impending huge amount of doom. There but wasn't. Then well, again, it could have been because, like, I know that all of these characters survived. That, yeah, I was thinking that, which we'll get into. Well, we'll, we'll, hold, we'll hold off, because uh, <laughs> I was about to just start talking about the end of the episode, which we should wait on, I guess, uh, <laughs> until we were talking about the episode. But we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to talking about that. I, I didn't hate the episode by any means, but it was, uh, it was quality. Quality was fine, uh, and it... It it did like I kind of was wanting a little more from the series I think yeah is is what I'll say from a quality perspective but we'll get into the nitty gritty of the episode uh, in a little while first we're going to talk about some Marvel news Marvel Cinematic Universe news that's correct what you got there Jeff oh well you know I got I got a few things I got some stuff yeah as it were um, did you see this week. The there there's been a poster put out for Daredevil that um, teases a possible Absorbing Man appearance. I did see that. It's yeah, it's that boxing poster that um, could be the connection between Agents of Shield and Daredevil. Yeah, because we've got. In for the those, for two... those of you who don't know what's going on there, uh, Crusher Creel appeared in episode one of season two. Of, and episode two. And episode two. Episodes one and two of, of season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it looks like he's a boxer uh, fighting Matt Murdock's father. Battling in, Jack. In, in Daredevil. Which, to me, I'm a little worried about the uh, the timeline there. Yeah. What they're going to do with that. Or like, we, we, had, we had supposed that, that... I had supposed that it's possible that... Um, the Defenders Netflix series happened at a different time, uh, but I was thinking earlier. Um, I'm wondering now if it's like a different time, or, or if it is the same time. Crusher Creel must have been much younger. Yeah, well, I mean, in the in the in the series Agents of Shield, he looks like he was, you know mid thirties, mid to late thirties, something yeah, like that. Something like that. This could have been like when he was eighteen, up and coming young boxer. I guess, and so. it was like. Jack Murdoch's last bout or something like that and it's like that's the one that he got so killed at or something like that. He dies how old in the comics at least how old is uh Matt Murdoch when quite young. Quite young. Like like a baby or no, no, like no, no. he's 15. <laughs> probably less than 15. I think he he's he's in the early teens range. Okay. Most of the time. So so I I didn't even know that about uh the character that his father died that way but that's uh so I guess spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, for myself, thanks a lot, Jeff. Yeah, I'm interested to see if that's the same character. Or I was thinking it could be even be like his father or something. Um, but but I'm probably the same character. It's probably what you're talking about. It's probably like an 18 year old Crusher Creel fighting uh, Matt Murdock's father. Well, there's also the possibility that he absorbed somebody's regenerative regenerative power, and mm. that kept him alive a little bit longer than normal. Or looking younger than normal. Possibly. Could have been. He is some sort of, you know, 
absorber. superhuman person, which we still don't know where he got his powers. So it is possible that he's been a lot, you know, has has a different lifespan of some sort. That's cool though. Uh, I'm I'm super excited that they're just. I just love the deep continuity, <laughs> as we've discussed many a time. I love that hot deep continuity. Yeah, I, I didn't know much about the origins of Daredevil. Um, I, I know that they're probably covered in the movie, but I do not uh, <laughs> recall very well <laughs> that Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he was 12 when that happened. Okay. So, 12-year-old, uh, let's say he was 18, 12 years later, so he's like 24 possibly in the series, uh, somewhere in that range. If that if we're gonna go by Crusher Krill's assumed age, I don't know. It's possible somewhere in the mid mid to late twenties would be possible. Uh, I wonder if we'll see him actually uh, encounter Crusher Creel. That's possible. Um, I mean, we already have an actor for it. And... Yeah, <laughs> and he did a pretty solid job too. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, he could he could come back, and they didn't kill him off. Nope. Or it could even be like he encounters what, Crusher Creel. What before happened to him? Crusher Creel at the end? Where did he end up? You talk about in um in Agents of in Shield. Agents of Shield. He got carried away. He's imprisoned. Oh. Okay. He could be broken out. Yeah, along with the Abomination. Yep. Uh, yep. 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 Didn't they say they were taking him where the Abomination was? I don't remember. They do mention the Abomination. Like we're gonna put him in the same hole we put. Uh, I forget the character's name. But the Emil Blonsky. Yeah, we put Blonks, Blonsky. So, maybe there's just some prison somewhere. We're going to get all these villains out at the same the time. The cube. Or the fridge. I don't remember. I think it was the fridge. There's a several... Um, there are several prisons that S.H.I.E.L.D. has. Like, that. Like there's the raft that was um, a superhuman prison for a while. Um, there was the cube... The fridge, God, what was it called? The um, Hank Pym made it, and he shrank, um, he shrank people to fit in, fit into <laughs> that prison. It was really funny. That's funny. That That's happened. straight up out of Superman too, uh, or Superman as well. Uh, they he has the shrunken Krypton. <laughs> he has a, he has Krypton. He like shrunk all the remaining Kryptonians and have them living in like a little bubble city or something <laughs> um because That's they're weird. they're too powerful to 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 exist on the earth so he like but he didn't want to kill them obviously so he shrinks them down like that's the solution i don't know how <laughs> i don't know, don't know much about that universe uh, at least i don't know much about superman <laughs> yeah just a little just a little so anyway while we're talking about posters because that's what we started this conversation about <laughs> yeah the first Age of Ultron poster dropped today. I posted Ooh. it on Facebook. I posted it on our Facebook. But uh, it looks really cool. This movie's getting crowded. Mm -hmm. I will say that. It really looks so crowded. It, is, it looks really awesome. Though. It does. I, I really love that they're, uh, they've are they got uh, Black Widow with her costume lit up and electrified. Um, we, we talked about it before, but the uh, the Widow's, Widow's Bite yeah. uh, is her little electric electrocuting power <laughs> uh, from the comics. I really love that they're, it looks like they're going to go there. The fact that they have it on the actual poster 
yeah probable that they're going to have that well as... she was doing it in uh at the end of, in the final battle in the avengers was she yeah i don't remember i don't remember seeing her do that like when she was um there was one specific one where she you, she was using it she was up on a chitari guy's shoulders like legs wrapped around his head yeah. and she was she had her fist to his his neck like his yeah. spine i remember and was using that, that to i remember that and i remember him you know, doing something, I just guess I just didn't realize it was part of her suit or whatever. Yeah, she That's was cool. She was zapping the crap out of him. That killed cool. that neural chip or that neural link. I like it, and he just falls over. <laughs> <laughs> um, other news, right? Yeah, let's talk about rumors. You want to talk about rumors? Sure, man. Rumors are flying around everywhere that. The Spider-Man that's being brought into the MCU is going to be Miles Morales. He's going to be an ethnic Spider-Man. Yeah, they're just saying an ethnic Spider-Man, but we all know that probably means Miles Morales. That very likely means I Miles feel like Morales. that's the way they're going to go. I mean, especially with their... All the criticism about them not having enough black superheroes. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you bring in a black Spider-Man... Half black, half Hispanic. Oh, is that Miles Morales? Yes. I did not realize that. I just knew he was based on Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen pictures, uh, but yeah, the uh, I think the um, uh, bringing in a, a an ethnic Spider-Man would not only I feel like 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 Black Panther, for instance. Black Panther's a character that is going to be black, obviously, uh, but he's a, such a small character. Uh, in the minds of most people, like he's not a popular character. Yeah, a lot of so people don't know about it. Don't know who he is. And Black Panther movie, what is that about? It's 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 almost like, sure, we'll give you a black superhero, but it's going to be one no one knows, um, except for the really hardcore Marvel fans. Exactly. So and the hardcore Marvel fans are like, oh my god, Black Panther, yes! But making Spider Man an ethnic character is like, that's that's huge. That's like yeah. that's. That's a uh, that's really committing to diversity, <laughs> like uh, giving one of your flagship characters, you know, that you just got back to use. Um, I I like the idea of Miles Morales. I like where they could go with that. I just don't know that I want it this soon. Like I want them to tell the story of how he got there. I want them to tell the story of Peter Parker dying on his front lawn battling the Sinister Six and, like, picking up a semi-truck and hitting Green Goblin with it. Like, I want that story on film. Yeah. I want that to happen. And then Miles Morales pick it up Yeah, from there. That would be cool. That would be awesome. I just, I don't know. It feels like they're they're trying to pack in so much story into Civil War, likely, mm -hmm. which could be too much. Could be. I trust them. I mean, obviously... I do. Yeah. We we've 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 said that before, but I really I just trust them to do something good with it. Um I trust Kevin Feige that he's not going to overload the thing. They've they've done it before. Um I think with Avengers, you've got so much going on, but they don't it's not overloaded at all, you know. It's really really well-paced, well-told story. And well, I think it's that... it's different perspectives of one big story there's not like sure a bunch of stories going on sure but i think that's the same thing with civil war um you you have this big registration storyline happening and then you've got these different characters and how they're interacting now the the trick the the thing that makes it more difficult is if you try to tell any kind of origin story for spider-man yeah 
because the introducing an origin story to an already crowded story like that, like you've got this big in Avengers, and I've talked about it before how I think that in Avengers, it's 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 all candy. There's not much much growth of characters. Yeah, and if you have to establish a character while you're trying to have your all your candy, <laughs> but the thing is, this isn't going to be as big as an Avengers movie. We I, I say that. <laughs> it's um, kind of one of the biggest Marvel Comics events ever. Yeah, sure, but it's not, it, it's probably we'll, we'll see. But it may not have Thor. It may not have Banner. It may not have it may not have some of our key characters that have made Avengers such a big thing. Thor actually wasn't in the Civil War storyline. Oh, yeah, he was. I mean, there was a Thor clone that happened for a tiny amount of time. Okay, but. <laughs> Not really. I mean, he showed up, he killed a character, he got deactivated. Oh, okay. And I, and it I, wasn't... I feel like with some of the rumors swirling about what m- might be happening in um, <clears throat> Age of Ultron, we don't know what exactly, but something might take Hulk out of the game. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, if he's not around, and it, it leaves them a little room. If we're just dealing mostly with Tony Stark and Captain America then it leaves them some room to work with these other characters, you know? Yeah. And not be not be an overcrowded movie. But I'm 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 down with a pretty crowded movie though. This this movie sounds exciting. <laughs> it's almost like an Avengers movie. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be I honestly think it's going to be bigger. I think this movie will outsell any Avengers movie. I do. It's a tall order. But man, just, just think of it does though. Just the two. I mean, it's the two most popular Avengers and Spider Man. Yeah. So you're gonna have the entire Avengers audience is gonna be there, and the entire Spider Man audience. I should buy my tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Donald Glover has gone on record on in an interview or two. Um, Speaking that he of be, an ethnic Spider-Man. I know, right? He would be honored to play Miles Morales because Miles Morales is based on him, but he's not campaigning for it. Yeah, I think... He's a bit old. Yeah, I think t- 10 years ago that that was a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't think... I think they've, they've been clear, even though they've um, talked about making him Miles Morales, making him ethnic, which he's based on Donald Glover, which would be a neat thing to have that come full circle, just like it did with... Samuel Jackson. Yeah, uh, but I I can't imagine them doing it because they've talked about wanting a youthful Spider-Man. Yeah, they want to keep him in high school, or they yeah. want to put him back in high school and keep him there. Mm-hmm. So like having a thirty-one-year-old guy being Spider-Man, kind of a little bit too old for that. Yeah, I really think thirty-one-year-old uh, Donald Glover is too old at this point. Sadly for him. Yeah. Because I think he would be a really fun Spider-Man. He really would. Great comic chops. Uh, got the physicality, I think, for Spider-Man. Um, but... It's a little bit too old. Just don't see it. I just don't see them casting him. Yeah. Oh, if, well. if if everything else they've said is true, which they've said they want to go with a teenage Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, some of the names I heard being bounced around the first couple of days did not sound so good. <laughs> uh, but But... I forget. I don't even remember. Uh, we'll, we'll, That's how we'll, not good we'll they were. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some, <laughs> like, um, I heard Zac Efron mentioned, but I think even he's too old at this point. 
Um, he's in his mid twenties by now. Yeah, I don't think he could pull off um, high school age. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. He's in the college movies now. <laughs> um, yep. He's yep. graduated high school movies and moved to college movies. Yeah, he's the new Ryan Reynolds. You think? Van Wilder and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh. And even then, Ryan Reynolds was too old for that. But they, they played that off with, like, he's been in school for He's been in school a really long years. time. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ticket. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Van Wilder. <laughs> Those were the days, right? <laughs> oh, man. That's so long ago. I didn't even think about when I watched Van Wilder and, like, the fact that I was, like, a first year in college when I watched Van Wilder. God, I'm so old. All right, let's move on before I <laughs> downward spiral into some depression. <laughs> Joss Whedon explained why uh, Ant-Man is going to be is not going to be in Avengers 2. I really liked his comments there. You, you want to read them? Yes. That would be awesome. I can't do his voice, though. That's okay. Uh, he had said... Of all the heat I've ever taken, not having Hank Pym was one of the bigger things. But the fact of the matter was, Edgar, Edgar Wright, had him first. And by virtue of what Edgar was doing, there was no way for me to use him in this. And although, or I also thought, it was a bridge too far. Ultron needs to be the brainchild of the Avengers. And in the world of the Avengers and the MCU, Tony Stark is that guy. Banner has elements of that guy. We don't really think of him as being as irresponsible as Tony, but the motherfucker tested gamma radiation on himself with really terrible, way worse than Tony Stark results. <laughs> it didn't make sense to introduce a third scientist, a third, he says, science statistician to do that. It was hard for me because I grew up on the comics to dump that. But at the end of the day... It's a more interesting relationship between Tony and Ultron if Tony was once like, you know what would be a really great idea? They're doing what they always do, which is jump in headfirst and then go, sorry, world, but you have to make it their responsibility without just making it their fault. Mm. Yeah, I really like those comments. I think that sounds sounds cool. I like what they, it sounds like what they've done based on the synopsises we've seen. <laughs> synopsises? Synopsises. That's a new word. plural of synopsis, right? <laughs> um, we've seen with uh, Avengers 2, uh, we've seen the, they talked about how Hank Pym was, or no, they talked about how it was like a dormant technology that Tony Stark picks up and yeah, works dormant on. Yeah, peacekeeping program. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're going to throw that little nod to Hank Pym Having yeah. worked on the original um, iteration of the project, so that'll I think that'll in in many in many ways just like with um, Iron Man t three, where they where they had uh, or is it two where they had the the Mandarin three, yeah uh, the way they had the Mandarin and then afterwards they had that little nod to fans in the short uh, to fix that like yeah. don't worry the Mandarin is real <laughs> like. <laughs> He wants his name back. It's okay. We're going to fix it. Yeah. And then they, they, they just, that's all they needed to do to silence all the like naysayers about the Mandarin, you know? Yeah. Which I wasn't even one, and I still loved that they did it, you know? Yeah. Just because it pays such respect to the... Uh... To the source material. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like that Joss had to fight with it. Yeah. 
because he was <clears throat> he was so hesitant, I guess. He was so bent up about not including Hank Pym because, you know, in the comics it was Hank Pym that made it. Mm. But he said that, you know, it was Edgar's thing. Edgar Wright was doing Ant-Man. And then when he left and Peyton Reed took over, like, he, he obviously couldn't do it because that was going to have to wait until later. He can't tell that story. He can't bring him in when somebody else is already bringing that character to the screen. Yeah, they they, they, they had to coordinate what they were going to do with those characters. Yeah. Which, you know, just straight up makes sense. I like that they're just not all willy-nilly throwing characters out, like, we have to stick to the source material. It has to be this person. Introduce this person now. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, they couldn't, they couldn't do it with what Edgar Wright was doing. But also, I think it's very important to our story... For um, For Ultron to be created by someone we know and love. Yeah. We have to have rapport with the character. I think if they tried to... Just like we were talking about overloading Civil War, I think it would definitely overload this movie if they had to somehow introduce a character and make us care for him, and then he create Ultron. Ultron would have to be just like a... He would just be a character we... He would just be a random threat instead of this like guilt driving force in Tony's life. You know? Yeah, and if they had introduced Hank Pym uh, in order to make Ultron, we would not trust Hank Pym at all. Yeah, exactly. Would Hank like, Pym, why would you bring him on board? We would never... We He's would, an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we would just think of him as that scientist that did that bad thing. Yeah. He'd be like the Doc Ock of the... Like, whatever. Right. You know, he would just not be... Whatever. He just wouldn't... He, we wouldn't care about... Yeah. Hank Pym. It'd be really hard to get us on board for an Ant-Man movie <laughs> yeah. um, in the future. And they've already got three heroes that they're introducing. Wow. In this movie. Yeah. Like it's, there's it's a lot. Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and The Vision. Which The Vision has got his own arc to go through before he becomes a hero. Like that's a lot of story to tell. Yeah. And we're always we're always worried about them overloading these things, but I, I'm I'm glad I trust I'm very much glad that they did what they did with Hank Pym and just left him out of it. <laughs> give give a nod, move on. <laughs> so. I mean, they can mention him, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, I think Hank Pym did this thing, or even like if he's dusting off some old files or something, oh, and yeah. it's got like property of H Pym. Yeah, that's, on it. That's all you'd need. That's all you need. For, for the Ultron project to be dusted off, you know, like that. Think yeah. that I think that's I think that's great. Um, well, uh, do you have any other news you wanted to mention before we move on? Uh, I mean, there's a little bit where there's like there's some casting that has happened for smaller characters in the Jessica Jones series. They um, they've added like three actors to the cast. I can post the cool. article about it. It's not. I mean, it's her neighbor and a client and a cop. Have cool. been cast. So, yeah, we'll just get we'll we'll post that stuff on Twitter and Facebook this week, and you guys just uh, check that out if you're interested in a little more. Um, but uh, I think it's about time uh, we tell you who we are again. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast yes, in partnership are. with Forty Five Magazine. Yes, we are. Um, we um, if you want to check out Forty Five Magazine, go to forty five dash magazine dot com. They've got some stuff you might like there. Um, Yes, they we, do. But if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up at, at MCUcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash MCUcast, 
mcucast.wordpress.com or just email us at mcucast at gmail.com. Or, conversely, if you like speaking, yeah, you can just give us a call at 573-CAST-MCU. Just uh, call us, leave a message. We would really love that. We, we've, only, we've only had a few of you guys do that. It would be awesome if we heard some actual feedback. Tell us what you thought of the Agent Carter series, or tell us what you're excited about for the uh, last half of this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's coming next week. Or tell us what you're excited about with Daredevil, or Age of Ultron, or Ant-Man, or Phase 3. Yeah. Spidey. Anything. Yeah, we're here to it's to all exciting and talk talk back. Let's make this dialogue, people. <laughs> um, well, I think we're about ready to go into our Agent Carter recap, um, and I guess this will be our our final Agent Carter recap, possibly oh, possibly ever. We're not sure if this is getting brought back or if they're doing another miniseries. So, hmm. this uh, this could be our this could be our last foray into Agent Carter talk. I'm surely, surely not. I'm sure she'll show up in other movies and things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to go into Agent Carter talk in three, two, one. Nobody dies and it's not surprising. Nope. Not, no big surprise in this episode really <laughs> at all. Uh, I think that's actually, I think, I think that is a particular weakness of this episode I've heard some people complaining about that in Agent Carter overall. The fact that we we know that they're not going to destroy New York with a switch. Yeah. We know that they're not going to blah, 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 you know. But this was particularly bad because they, they tried to treat it like there was a ton of tension in, that, in those moments at the end where the plane's happening. Yeah. Um, like, and Oh, my God, Howard Stark might get shot down. No, no, he won't. We, we know he won't. He no, doesn't we, have a son yet. Oh my gosh, Peggy Carter might die. No, we know that she does not going to die because <laughs> we've seen her in in the future too. And we're pretty sure Jarvis is not gone because Tony has to have a relationship with him. So there's pretty much no one in the scenario that could have died. And those were the three characters we're watching, and like it, it, there was this tension built up, like the music was driving, and it just kind of was. It was a little disappointing. That they made that the big the big moment because it just didn't have any tension at all. Yeah. Um. But I, I it, it was good. It was all like good for the characters and their development. Just as as a, the culmination of the series to have no tension about what's going to happen to those characters at all. We know Tony Stark's not going to drop a uh, gas. Right. We know <laughs> Howard is not going to drop a gas. And Tony kill, either. <laughs> kill, kill a bunch of yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. I mean, this <laughs> Ultron could do anything. We could really blame that on that on Tony. <laughs> um, so, so like the only the only characters they could have built tension with that we Sousa. have grown to like are Sousa and Thompson. Mm-hmm. Those are the only guys that are there. Yeah, the only other one we've really grown to kind of like is is Chief Wiggum, and Chief Wiggum was gone. He's already dead. Yeah, like he I, died last episode. I would have liked to seen. Thompson step up and die for the cause or something like that like something surprising and so, well, some actual loss or or Sousa for that matter um Sousa would have been harsh because especially maybe like after he asked her out because everyone I, at least me oh, when I'm man. watching that scene I'm thinking oh Sousa is um 
probably her husband, which yeah. we, we we theorized about, um, and uh, we we had that we had that uh, message about a couple weeks ago, um, and it's very possible, but it would have been really a nice touch if we thought that and then he dies. You know, like, <laughs> it would have been a really really nice moment. It would have been very Joss Whedon. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I just didn't feel any major heartbreak with this episode. I didn't really feel any excitement with this episode. Um, when Susie gets gassed at the beginning, uh, if we want to get back, go back and start at the beginning, when he gets gassed, there was no tension for me about Sousa, um like killing anyone. I just didn't. They weren't going to do it. You know, they the Sousa's the lovable Sousa. We're not, we're not going to see him kill a character off at this. Yeah, <laughs> like um, he they're going to just knock him out and it's going to be fine. <laughs> um, and it happened pretty much exactly. I just felt like this was kind of a paint by numbers episode. And I never really, I guess, I guess I, I don't want to talk bad about this season. I've really enjoyed the season overall, but I think this episode just didn't deliver. It just didn't really de- deliver on Leviathan like I wanted it to. Yeah, where did they go? Well, I think they are Leviathan, as the far as I can tell. Two people. Yeah, Leviathan which... is coming. It's two of us. <laughs> are you kidding? Me? I think that's what they're going for. I think that like. Um, maybe he is Leviathan or he is part of the Leviathan organization. We're, we're really not sure that just never, that thread was kind of dropped. And that was in the first episode, what we really were wondering and who's, who's, who's Leviathan and what's Leviathan going to do and what's their end game plan. And it ended up being a very personal story from one, one man uh, mad at another man, you know, like one man trying to take vengeance on one other man. Yeah, and that that's great, but it's kind of not the story I feel like they started out telling us. Yeah, it seemed like Leviathan was going to be this big, ominous Hydra esque kind of thing. Yeah, which in the comics it is. Yeah, and so so I I don't know though they couldn't it it would be really cliche and kind of tired. To bring in a new big faceless organization. Sure, I get that, and I don't mind that. I honestly don't mind that it was a one-on-one grudge that yeah. we ended up seeing. I really liked that there was a personal connection to the characters, and that um, the, the 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 Russian scientist was the Russian hypnotist. <laughs> no, he wasn't a scientist. Um, no, he was a, a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, it's not not a scientist. That's not science. <laughs> Um, you just have to focus on the science. Oh, you're right. He is a scientist. Focus. You're totally right. I'm I'm on your side now. Focus. In all things. <laughs> um, who do you want me to kill? <laughs> I really loved Sousa with the earpods. Oh, my God. That was so great. Was he saying something? Was he saying something? <laughs> like, and his face during when he, like, in Thompson's look where he's just like, please, Sousa. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Seriously. Chill. Sousa. Oh my god! Just, just whack. Was he saying something? No, it was those <laughs> it were great. Was so funny. And it was all Sousa. Sousa's too nice. I feel like I liked Sousa a lot more in this episode than I have ever liked him before. Me too. And I feel like we were supposed to like him. He's been an empathetic character yeah. up till now. But this episode, I liked him. Yeah. Like, I really liked him. Especially He's... when he grinned really big and you're just like, I just want to pinch your cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. And... He also looked. He he woke up in that uh, in that bed, strapped to the bed, 
And I thought Wolverine. <laughs> I think he could play Wolverine. <laughs> like his, he, he had such a physique. Yep. In the bed, yep. you can't really see it because he's always covered up. But he's wearing that. He's wife, always in suits. He's wearing that wife beater, yep. and it like the area around his shoulders and his arms. That kid is ripped. Yeah. He he does some upper body workouts. He can't really do the legs. Ah. Um, but but um. uh. <laughs> his. He really, he really, he really looks looks pretty ripped. I kind of want to see him like as a superhero now. Like, <laughs> I'd really like to see him to be the new Wolverine or whatever. Like he looks, he looked real. I honestly, in that wife beater, I really did. That was my first thought. Wolverine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, also, uh, in this episode, there's the uh, the scene where they're in the in the lab and he's running around fixing everything. He grabs some sort of circle. He pockets something as they're walking out of the room. That was the sphere that had Cap's blood. Oh. That's how Jarvis got it and gave it to Peggy at the end. Right. Okay. I thought that... I didn't know that sphere had gotten back into the SSR. Yeah. Okay. Because Peggy gave it to him. That's right. Okay. Last episode. So he pockets it, then Jarvis gives it back to her. Okay. I saw saw him pick up a sphere, and I thought it was a different sphere because it looked bigger to me. Um, but I, I guess, recognized it immediately. All right. Well, I, <laughs> I was just wrong. Um, I really enjoyed the scene uh, where uh, <laughs> Howard is telling Thompson uh, or Agent Chad Michael Murray, as we should call him since it's our last week to call him that, uh, <laughs> how to commend him. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's talking into his ear and telling him how to commend him. That was that was pretty great. Very a lot of great Howard Stark moments in this episode. Yeah, like I think we should talk about when he returns and comes back to the SSR because that was kind of a big moment. Oh sure, yeah. And he just shows up. He's like, "Hey, wait, no, I, you, sir, you just hold it right there, <laughs> hands up," and then and then Jarvis is like, "Oh I'm yeah, sorry. Jarvis with his hands Jarvis up." Jarvis throws whole time. his hands up straight up. I told you. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Uh, I really like. He love, returns. I love when a, uh, I love when a fugitive just walks into whatever office they're being chased by. Kind of like blacklist. Yep, blacklist. Uh, the this, and I'm sure there's other things where that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it that one other time that I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, blacklist. Oh, Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, when Victor Zaz did it in Gotham? Oh, that was so good. That was one of the best moments in Gotham yet. That that moment uh, took Gotham, I think, to a different level. Like I, I was like, "Wow, wow!" Uh, kind of blew me away. Gotham's real good, you guys. <laughs> we're a Mar- we're a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, but Gotham's real good. <laughs> we're nerds. We watch everything nerdy. Uh, I kind of do these days. I'm a little overboard on the nerdy TV. No, no. You're doing just right. <laughs> so, so when... What'd you think of the flashback of, uh, I guess, Ida was her name? <laughs> Ida and Tony. That, that was, was pretty convenient. That, uh, I, guess, I, guess, I guess she talked her way into that hangar to find out where his planes were. Yeah. I guess she was like, I really like planes. <laughs> Why don't you show me some planes? I really like all your stuff. Why don't you show me more of your stuff? <laughs> this this guilt-ridden Howard that we're seeing in this episode, I think is is going to be similar to what the 
the guilt-ridden Tony that we're going to be seeing soon. I think we already have seen a bit of that with Tony uh, in Iron Man 1 when he realizes his company does all the bad things and he, they need to stop it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's not as much guilt-ridden. It's more rage-fueled. Is what it seems like. Yeah, agreed. Cause, like, cause, how dare you sell my crap to bad people? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think there's definitely some guilt. I think. Oh yeah, there is. Uh, especially, you know, just just him when he has the press conference. You know, yeah. I saw men and women die by the, or you know, by the weapons that I created to protect them. Yeah, and I think, I think we're gonna see more of that with Ultron. But I, I just think it, it's so interesting to me that. Howard and Tony are such similar characters. Yeah. You know? And I love that we're getting to see more and more of Howard in this season. I like I like that Howard was so guilt ridden. It seemed it seemed to really ground him and set him up for being what we've what we saw as a character in um the the video in Iron Man Two when he was talking to Tony about, you know, the world of tomorrow. He seemed like a really serious about saving the world kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. And that this really, like, at the beginning of this season and in uh, in Cap 1, he seemed like not that kind of person. Yeah. He seemed really, like, wild, playboy, billionaire, philanthropist, <laughs> whatever. Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Anyway, he seemed like that. And... It's it's a really great turn throughout this series to see him become the guy that's you know really serious about saving the world. Yeah, it's really for great sure. character growth. for sure. And I, I think he's always been that character. I even think Tony's always been that character Just to some degree. The wrong means or the wrong way about it. I think. I think they just it it takes a moment of clarity where they have to stand up. Uh, and, and do the right thing to show to for that part of their character to shine through because yeah. they're so um, they're so into themselves and such I don't know silly characters in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah um, that I think I think that's it takes it takes it takes a lot for them to finally break through that that wall and be like oh I need to this is a moment of where I really have to <laughs> pull forth everything I have and be the serious guy that I can be. Yeah. <laughs> but then even still, there's still, there's still, there's still, um, you know, there's still that silly side. They're just a great complex character. Um, really and is. I'm saying that about both of them. They're both one great complex character. <laughs> um, very similar. Fruit of his loins. Fruit, the apples and trees, man. Apples yeah. and trees. Apples grow on trees and don't fall far from the orchard. <laughs> Man. That is a very angry orchard. Ooh, I need one Sounds of those. good, doesn't it? Man, I went to a bar this weekend. No cider in the whole place. What? I take that back. They had one cinnamon cider, ah, and just not the same. Just not the, not the same. same. I just wanted something sweet to sip on, so I got myself a white Russian, and <laughs> then six more white Russians. My point is, I'm not going to look more like Star Lord this week, guys. I'm trying. But I... You're not even going to look like the dude. <laughs> <laughs> I live... White Russians, I pretty man. much live in bars every night. It's really hard to stick to my diet. When I... Yeah. Like, I do great. Four days a week when I'm not gigging, I'm like, just killing it on the diet. I'm working out. I'm really doing great. And then I go 
and just like get all the free food and drinks I want. <laughs> and you blow it all. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So see, I've I've kind of relinquished myself to not ever having any fun. Yeah, that's kind of what I need to do. The problem is, I'm paid <laughs> to go have fun. It's yeah. like that's what I do for a living is go play music. I'm like. Uh, just having a great time, and then everyone wants to buy me drinks, and then the place says I can have as many drinks as I want for free, and food, and this. And luckily, I'm playing somewhere tomorrow that has this great grilled chicken dish with like <laughs> grilled chicken and broccoli. Like I, every time I go there, I just order grilled chicken and broccoli, and it, it's free. It's like a thirty dollar meal. It's like really well cooked grilled chicken and broccoli. thirty dollars. Really, really. Good food. That's a ritzy place. Where the hell That's are nice. you playing? Uh, place in Huntsville. Ah, okay. It's pretty great. Okay. Um, they also have sushi, and I. You're playing there tomorrow? Yeah. No. Good luck. Thursday. Okay. Thursday. I was yeah. Worried. We're about to have like a snowpocalypse around here in uh, Alabama, <laughs> where we are. Um, probably Jeff has to get home after the podcast just so he can make it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd rather be snowed in with his fiance. That's true. It's very true. I'm, I'm Not hurt. that I don't like I'm her. hurt by you agreeing so quickly. <laughs> we could have fun, man. We could play Lego uh, Lego Marvel. We could... Um... All right, that's all I got. <laughs> we could podcast some more <laughs> about nothing. <laughs> we'll have to start a new podcast. No, no new content. We'll just start a new podcast tomorrow because we're snowed in. This is called Snow Day. It comes out once every three years. Um <laughs> We live in Alabama. <laughs> new, <laughs> oh man, new podcast idea. Snow day. <clears throat> we just talk about Jack Frost all the time. <laughs> so, getting back to the show. Getting back. I thought it was a really, really great thought when they sent Jarvis up to have to shoot down Howard. I thought it showed a lot of character. In Jarvis, that he was willing to do that, and uh, I love—I I really loved that moment. But then once he was up there, I did realize, wait, neither of them can die. This isn't. There's no. There's no <laughs> stakes here. Like you know, yeah. you know, New York's not getting dropped on. You know that. You just knew no nothing bad was going to happen. I figured that he would at least like shoot him, shoot the wing or something to make him like crash into the bay, hmm. and then they could retrieve him quickly. Mm-hmm. But still, no real stakes. We knew he wasn't going to die. Nobody up there was going to die. Yeah, and, and that was a little disappointing that we we did know that. Yeah. I, and also, the scene where Agent Carter goes into this office where where um, little uh, Ida May and uh, and and, and <laughs> Ruski Ruski hypnotist. <laughs> this name's Rusko hypnotist. Oh um, my god! <laughs> he, Peggy Carter walks in, aims a gun directly at his head, at her head. She knows how big of a threat this girl has already taken Peggy Carter down. Oh man! And she knows that two of her best friends are in the air with the threat of death, and New York's in the threat of death. She aims a gun directly at the back of Ida May's head. And does not pull the trigger. She instead alerts them to her presence. Like, I'm sorry. I, I realize, like, you know, due process and shoot the woman in the head. Like, 
I realize it, it's unsavory business. There was a miniature version of this woman that took out several agents. Yeah, and almost killed Dum Dum Dugan. Yeah. Like, that's, that's rough. And it, it, I don't know. I know it's unsavory business, but just shoot the woman in the hip. <laughs> shoot them both. You won't hear me say that often, <laughs> but just shoot the woman in the head. <laughs> uh, it's like, and it would have been so much worse because Peggy had a shotgun. Yeah. Oh, it would have been awful. <laughs> it would have been some really gory, gory shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it would have been. They, they should have given her a pistol. They, yep. could, they didn't have to write her with a shotgun. They could have. She could have had a pistol and just taken her out. Uh, it just made made the whole thing feel dumb. Yeah. Or, or like it could have had Ida May like hiding behind a wall or something so that she wasn't visible, and so she thinks she's getting the drop on the Russian uh, Rus- 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 Rusco hypnotist. Um, <laughs> Uh, Roscoe, Roscoe hypnotist, <laughs> the, um, but uh, the red tongue devil. <laughs> <laughs> they could have thought she, he was getting the getting the drop on him, and then she hide behind the corner. I just thought the whole thing was staged poorly. The fact that she had that girl in her sights and didn't take the shot was some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was like it was, <laughs> I didn't like when Souza didn't shoot Peggy last week either. Like. If you think someone's a threat to national security, you're the SSR. Get over yourselves and just shoot people in the head. Like, <laughs> go, go Jack Bauer on these bitches. <laughs> they can't do that. They can't do that, Matt. <laughs> they can. They can and they it's should. It's a family show. No, it's not. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I just thought they, if, if they're not going to do that. They shouldn't stage it where you give the main character, like, a shot right at the evil lady's head. Like, they just shouldn't have staged it that way. Um, I mean, they could have added a tiny bit in where uh, they, they show um, Dottie Underwood just, you know, walk past the door, see out of the corner of her eye that somebody's in there, and then, like, give a little smirk. And then, like, she walks kind of away from the doctor and, and you know, circles around to be, like, in the shadows and just kind of, like, pounce. Yeah. Uh, that would have been great. Would have been fine. Would have provided what? something for this big fight that was about to happen yeah, that was just dumb. But what they did, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. Just should have taken the shot. Just shoot her. In the head. With a shotgun. Go oh. Kurt Cobain on that ass. Go American Sniper on her. He I haven't sh- seen that. He shoots everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe offensive to Nirvana fans, but I said go go Kurt Cobain on that ass. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's rough. I missed that. I missed you saying that, and I and now I'm sad that I didn't <laughs> that I didn't continue missing it. <laughs> Sad that you brought that back. So, I really just didn't resonate with this. And we we talked about there not being stakes for this scene, um, for this episode, for the series. <laughs> I feel like there were stakes early on. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot going on, and I was very interested in Leviathan and what was happening. And I'm still real uh, fuzzy on the details. I guess Leviathan was a Russian organization. That those voice box they they explained the voice boxes tonight being missing. Yeah, I don't know if you caught that, but they explained it real fast. 
those were guys who apparently had been part of the gassing. Yeah. And I guess Leviathan, as an organization, their whole goal was to punish Howard Stark because of what he did at Finau, what they considered he did at Finau. Yeah, and it wasn't even him. Yeah, it was It was like a, a general that didn't listen McGinnis. to him. McGinnis. General McGinnis. Uh, there's a lot of these things that I feel like they're dropping little threads that might pick up later. Um, so this is... Le- Leviathan might be just an organization that's out to get Howard. Like that seems like what they are. <laughs> it seems like there's there there were two men earlier on, and they were both uh, Leviathan agents going after Howard Stark's tech. Oh wait a minute! <laughs> what if <clears throat> Leviathan was made to get at Howard Stark? Howard Stark makes shield to defend himself. <laughs> it's a shield. To protect me. <laughs> I'm uh, really tired of this Leviathan threat. I'm going to create... Yeah, that's funny. Um, but but on top of not finding there to be stakes in this little aerial thing... Um, it's not even a dogfight. There's, well, there's yeah, there's not much action, of course. What, what bothered me, though, is I just didn't get why whatever Peggy said won him over finally like she says a lot of things and then she says something about uh you know captain america and and we have to let him go we all have to let him go that whole thing just felt a little uh crunchy to me i don't know like it just felt a little like it was a little forced yeah kind of was like i kind of felt like as much as they they really worked hard in the first episode and then in the second episode with the radio play and then they brought that back in this episode and then they when when Howard goes into his head he's seeing her holding Captain America's shield and like he's looking for Captain America i feel like they were going a little overboard with the Captain America talk yeah as much as you know obviously i care for Captain America and i love his movies um this and is an I, Agent Carter show. I feel like I didn't need her to be... I needed her to have a, a longing for, for Steve. Like I, I liked that she has this longing for him and, and has a picture of him in her desk. And all that. I loved that. Yeah. But him being like the inciting incident in, in the series and then like him being the, the... His blood being the thing that broke the group up halfway through the series and then... Like, and then him being the thing that uh, allows uh, Ro- Roscoe hypnotist to um, <laughs> to 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 mm. hypnotize Howard, and then them having a conversation about letting him go being the basically what what ended up being the resolution of the series. I feel like that's a little too much. Um, well, almost every key turning point in the series is a Steve Rogers moment. Yeah, and it, it seems it, like the like, series is really, really beholden to the overarching Captain America thing without yeah. actually doing its own thing ever. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah. I won't even say did not do the actual plot. That's the other thing. The actual plot had nothing to do with Captain America. Yeah. The the, the Leviathan had nothing to do with Captain America. Um, this uh, Roscoe hypnotist coming and attacking Howard Stark had nothing to do with Captain America. None of this stuff had to do with Captain America. Uh, it was just they are still so hung up on Captain America, and I feel like this episode. We were supposed to believe that, like, that's been a big issue in their lives, and now they're both having to get over it. <laughs> and why have none of them talked about it? 
since yeah. the beginning of the series. Yeah. I just felt like it was a little forced. It really was. Um, I feel like they could have done... I could have just done without almost any of it. And I feel like they were more more concerned with making those moments for the fans. Yeah. To try to be like, hey, remember Captain America? Yeah, remember in this? that we did this thing? Uh, and, I, and, I, and I felt like it, it, it took away from these characters being established as their own thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people have talked about why don't they do more movie crossovers with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, to drop in more people. And I think if they do that, it'll be sort of what happened here, where, like, I felt like the whole series is in the shadow of Captain America. Yeah. When I'm watching Agents <clears throat> of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, with the exception of big moments like the Hydra revelation that changed the show dramatically, I don't feel like it's in the shadow of the movies. I feel like it's its own thing. Well, it's got its own storylines happening. Even with the big Hydra revelation, it still felt like it was its own thing. It did. Living in the aftermath of that big yeah, reveal. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like in this, they went a little too heavy on the Captain America. Yeah. I could have done with a little smidge less Captain America in this whole thing. To me, it didn't seem like it was a um, a constant Captain America thing. Sure. It it seemed like it was little spatterings here and there, like when Dum Dum Dugan says, "Yeah, I miss him too," or sure, yeah. anybody says, "Yeah, I miss him too." I don't know that I feel but felt that way throughout the whole series. Yeah, but then there are these these few episodes, these like three, I guess, episodes where it's just like Cap is the biggest thing ever. I know we've yeah. been talking about it a little bit. I appreciate the little bits a yeah, lot more I, I than too. I did the big ones. I do. Obviously, he's a big part of her past, and yeah. like. Throwing in there. I guess I just didn't like the resolution of this season of this show, which might end up being the entire series of this show. Yeah. I didn't like the resolution just being them being like, we got to get over it. We got to get over Captain America. Because I didn't feel like you needed to live in the shadow of Captain America this whole series. It feels like they've gotten over it and just occasionally remember, like, man, I miss that guy. Yeah. Um, and and it, I, obviously she has a harder time with it, and and Howard does too. I mean Howard, like he said, it's it's his the the only good thing he's ever done. Yeah, you know that that was a huge moment, and it did make it a little better that it, that was what was able to hypnotize him because that was th- such a big deal in his mind. Yeah, but I just felt like. I just felt like I didn't need that to be the resolution of the series. I almost feel like that could have been like an episode three where they had some sort of hypnotizing and they had to like let go of Captain Rogers or something like yeah. that and, and then let the series have its own resolution. I felt like this was a little it's just too in the shadow of Captain America. Anyway, yeah. I've said my piece. I got nothing <laughs> else really to say about that. Um, I really enjoy when they get, get back from the, the, uh, the thing, uh, get back from the aerial uh little not dog fight um and, and <laughs> completely not dog fight and howard says uh or jarvis says i just thought that's what you would want and he says no no that's not what i'd want at all don't ever hurt me <laughs> you never have permission to hurt me in any way that was so funny <laughs> so so funny um the uh, the whole SSR scene at the end, um, I guess this leaves this series is now open to being having the Agent Carter short be part of the series. Like it, it, it they don't conflict necessarily, although it seems like she does have a lot more 
respect within the SSR office. Yeah. But I suppose you could say... She went to a different office where they didn't know her at all. That's possible. I think this is the actual office, though, isn't it? Or well, is it I'm not? saying, like, it could be, like, she went to a different office where they didn't know her at all, and that's where um, the Agent Carter short happened. Sure. Or or you could say that they just, she just got a different boss. Yeah. So so that, that's all fine. That's all fine and good. Um, I... <laughs> I guess I keep thinking about this show as a one shot. Like I keep thinking of it as a, as a capsulized story. I guess yeah. if the series continues, I don't really mind that Chad Michael Murray, uh, Agent Thompson didn't give her credit because I thought she that he should have given her credit. But oh, I, yeah. I guess if we're going to continue the series, she still needs to have a little bit to fight against. So I guess if the series continues, it makes sense. Um, to have that happen, I kind of, I kind of wanted a little resol- more resolution there, though. Whenever everybody started applauding, it made me think of um, of Souza's story about how he went into a uh, a restaurant and like everybody applauded him, and then when another GI came in, they didn't applaud that guy. Oh yeah, that's what it made me think of. I was like, oh, Souza's gonna be real mad about this. He's gonna tell everybody to shut up, and then he joins in the applause. I'm like, what? What? Just what? Because <laughs> you're a woman? <laughs> Is that why they're applauding? But no, she had done something great immediately before this that moment. So it's like I can understand why they'd have that uh, that rousing applause for her. Yeah. It just I also just they just had they literally just had an applause for her, and then these G men come in and 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 the 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 congressman or whatever yeah the senator and comes in and talks to her by the way wish it had been a senator award like that would have been oh. that would that's a missed opportunity <laughs> i think um wish it had been a senator award just like like his dad or something yeah like great grandfather of yeah. our current senator and blah blah, blah award like they've yeah. been they've been great um but i but i I just sincerely thought that it was weird. Somebody could have Somebody spoken should, up. And Susan tried, and she said no. But I just felt like, how dare uh, Agent Thompson stand there after they just applauded for her? And how can any of his people look at him? How can, like, I understand him not doing it out of selfish motivation, not saying anything, but why wouldn't he say something because all of his people know for a fact what he's doing. Yeah, like, it's not like he's hiding it from anybody. Yeah, this isn't one of your, uh, you know, your Japan situations. <laughs> this isn't nobody... your Bronze Star minute, okay? Yeah, exactly. This is, this. everyone saw this. Everyone just clapped for her. <laughs> everyone knows what happened in your office, and then you straight up take the credit. Like, no, that's some that's some bullshit. It I'm, seems I, like there are a couple of things in this episode that were just straight up some bullshit. There's some things sticking in my craw about this episode. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. My craw is not currently empty. <laughs> <laughs> I do have an occupied craw at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, in the whole... Okay, so I guess I, I, I got to stop thinking about this as a one-shot. I really think they're shooting to make this a series with the way he gives her the uh, the, the the loft at the end. 
that yeah. Howard, Howard and Jarvis give her the loft and say, this is your new place. It's almost like she's setting up shop. And she also quit the SSR, which is a little weird given the one shot. Uh, but I, I suppose she'll eventually, they did say you can come back. So I yeah. guess she'll, she will be coming back. We'll leave the desk open. Maybe she comes back and there's a different boss there. Yeah. Like Which the I entire really, staff has cycled out. <laughs> I super hope that they get that actor back who played the boss in the one shot. He's one of my favorite actors. I love him. Um, and so it would be really great to have him. I would love to see him join S.H.I.E.L.D. and stick with the show. Like, um, even though he's a jackass in the uh, in the episode. Um or in the one shot, I'd, I'd just love that actor. I'd love to see <laughs> see more of him. Um, I just the Steve's blood thing. It was just like you just had a big thing about Steve. They could have not had the thing about any of that other stuff about Steve, uh, with the hallucination or with her talking him down, saying we need to we have to let him go, and just had this nice moment with her pouring out his blood. Like one of those two things is okay. I feel like with both of those things, yeah, with all of that being in there, it was. A bit much, yeah. So not to, not to not to bring it up again, um, but uh, but but yeah, I th- I think so. Um, and so that's 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 the episode. That's the episode. That's that's season one of Agent Carter. <laughs> uh, we, well, we have that one that one uh after credit sequence. Yeah, there's that post sequence. That's I mean, it's a stinger, but it doesn't really. It it didn't really feel like it tied anything at all into anything else. Well, I th- I think I think they're setting up season two. Yeah, I mean, it left open the possibility. I did like for Ar- maybe some Ar- explana- Zola showing up. That's maybe pretty some great. Explanation like Zola being in there is is really cool, but he didn't say anything. Like they're gonna work together. Okay, neat. We know that Hydra was, you know. Does All Zola throughout Shield's history, have a, the ability to 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 do the hypnotism. Is no, because because if like maybe in the future in Agents of Shield, we see computerized Zola hypnotizing people or something. Like maybe that could be a tie-in or something. But yeah, it's a little weird. I do love that Arnim Zola showed up though, and if he if he becomes a steady part of season two, uh, that would be really cool. Maybe. That would be neat. And, and, I mean, they talked about in Captain America Winter Soldier that Arnim Zola came over and joined them. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was a he was a researcher in S.H.I.E.L.D. and just kind of made Hydra grow from that. So I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. has to begin somewhere, somewhere along the way, and then Arnim Zola has to somehow become a member of that. Um, I mean, they're, they're trying too hard to set up a, a season two for me to really... Enjoy it. I thought so too, and I, I just didn't expect that. I really, to be honest, they haven't really talked much about what was going to be happening with this series, and I liked the idea of it just being a one-off. Yeah, I liked the idea of them doing a one-off of this, and then next season doing a one-off of something else, or like a one-off of like ten years in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, stagger timeline. It seems like we're going to get more of Agent Carter immediately in the following 40s. this. Yeah, which. Is fine, but they've got to do a better job of setting up stakes. Just tell the story. Don't set up for the next one. That's what that's what um, the downfall of the Amazing Spider-Man Two was. They were setting up for for sequels, and they didn't tell the story. Yeah, and that's what it seems like they were doing here. They just they failed to tell the story and make it a really like 
high impact story. Yeah. It, it just, it not only are you, what you're saying is true, but not only that, but they're also referencing the past with the Captain America stuff. So they're just not living in the present at all. Like nothing that's happening on the screen is anything I have any reason to care about. Yeah. Um, it's like, we know there's no repercussions to anything that's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and that, that, that feels a little, feels a little lackluster. And I don't think it's, 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 it's a problem with setting a show in between things two, that we already know. Things we, already know. we know what happened in Captain America. We know what's happened to all these characters in the future. Um, except for Jarvis. We don't know how Jarvis is going to meet his end. Um, or, or, or Howard Stark for that matter. Um, we car know, crash. Well, but we and and, we, and probably a hydro related car crash, right? And that and that what uh, Arnold said. There's yeah. been a rumor. So about we that. we think we think that there might be some sort of it's it, I, I, it's a wasted uh, it's a wasted opportunity if they don't make some sort of uh, connection connection or some sort of hinky things happening with his car crash. Um, but 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 I, I just think that they need to do a better job. If they're going to do a season two, they need to do a better job of setting stakes, maybe with side characters. Um, but the thing is, like, even if, if Sousa and her get together, we know he dies. <laughs> we know Hydra kills her husband. So there's just so much we already know. And, and, and I love see I love getting to see it but if you're gonna if you're gonna give us an entire series of this stuff you also have to set up some realistic problems like give us characters that we can care about and that we don't know their end you know yeah I, I care about Sousa I care about Thompson um, but right now that's about it you know um, and that's that's about it for characters that we don't know how their 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 plot resolves, you know. Yeah, and they kept bringing up that Krzyzminski had been murdered, you know, out in the middle of the street or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I didn't care about Krzyzminski. Yeah. At all. I also didn't care about he Krzyzminski. He was an underdeveloped character when he died. Yeah, he was. Th- uh, I mean, th- I will I'm say, told to care about him because they say care about him. Well, they say care about him. They say, it's, you know, because his first name's Agent. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Uh, which I, which which that did rouse me a bit, and I will say like it, I cared that Peggy cared, yeah. Um, but Krzyzminski himself, I didn't care about. Um, but you just have to. There are ways to introduce characters in one episode where you care about that character's development. You know, there yeah. are ways to introduce one, a character in one episode where like this this character is here and. We're gonna help this character with this creature of the week problem, you know. Which yeah. I, I don't really want to see them go down that road. But if you can do that, there are shows where they do that. There are shows where they introduce a character. You know, if you're watching, I don't know, Bones or Castle or <laughs> one of these shows yeah. uh, that or the procedural shows. Yeah, there are ways to introduce characters, even in those shows where they're only in one episode, and you care about that character enough that you don't want them to die. <laughs> um. So you should be able to do that over the course of eight episodes, introduce three or four characters that you don't know if they're going to die, and then probably kill one of them off. You know, like, set up the stakes and set up the fact that you know you know there are characters that can die and that probably will die, and then season two would be more exciting. But right now, Krzyzminski is really the only character that we got to know that died. 
Not the only one. Who else? Chief Wiggum. That's true. I, I will say I did I did like Chief, Chief Wiggum a lot. And now they need a new chief. Maybe they'll get that actor that I like so much. <laughs> well, it seems like Thompson is supposed to be taking over. Oh, is that what they were uh, getting at? That's what it looked like. It did look like that. I will give you that. Hmm. Well, I mean, Chief Wiggum was the only one that I cared about that had died. And they set him up so well. And his death was so incredibly heroic and moving. Mm-hmm. And it's so disappointing that they went from such a moving episode last week yeah. into this one. Well, that's the thing, is they they obviously can do it, and they did it with Chief Wiggum, uh, make you care about a character, and then have him really at risk. But they just didn't do it with the overall series. And yeah. they, they just leaned so heavily on Captain America for this episode, and they just didn't... I wanted to see them bring to fruition this storyline. I feel... I guess maybe they're just trying to established in season one that we're now getting over Captain America and now we're going to move out of the shadow of Captain America. But I I just felt like I was saying, tell the story. Yeah. You didn't ever need to be in the shadow of Captain America. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like we're down on this episode, which I don't think, I think this may be the most down we've been on an episode of either show. Yeah. And that's sad to me. That's sad to me. I just feel, and it's (sighs) unfortunate that it's the finale. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think that's why I'm down on it is I was really hopeful for this series and it was so good up until this point yeah i guess i just i was expecting them to tie everything together in a nice way and i don't think they really stuck the landing but i'm hopeful that in there at this point i feel like there almost has to be a season two because that's the way they left it yeah um i wasn't expecting them to leave it that way i was expecting them to tell us confined story um and then move on next season do something different like yeah. we talked about maybe 10 years later maybe blah 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 whatever. compartmentalize these these Peggy Carter stories yeah I think that would be really cool I think if you did a, a 40s and then like a early 50s a late 50s and you did seasons like that until we really kind of fill in those Marvel Cinematic Universe gaps that we have I think that would have been incredible yeah. I really do um I think <laughs> I, I think that would be a lot of fun um but we do just we just you know did we this have story what we have really, we have what we have right now and i think it looks like to me like they're going to go with another story from in the 40s next year just based on how they ended this one yeah <laughs> or it might be a leviathan goes away for 10 years kind of thing sure but just the whole thing with them like giving her an apartment yeah. and the way that thompson and uh, they left off with her leaving the ssr and we know that in the 40s she gets asked to be in shield while she's in the SSR so <laughs> yeah she's got to get back there pretty soon um and i suppose they could just gloss over all that and just jump forward and she's already in shield that's a possibility but they just did a lot of setup this season that makes it seem like we're going to just get another season 2 of this timeline and this yeah. this age and everything which i mean i guess I guess it would be weird if they had to age all of their characters, ten, you know, seven years, <laughs> and then <laughs> always have them in makeup, and it, that would be a tricky show to do, but yeah, it's doable. Well, you don't even have to have everybody in makeup. She could be in a completely different place with completely different people ten years later. That's true. That's so true. Uh, you, the only person you'd have to age is her, and yeah. that's a lot more cost-effective. <laughs> yeah, and they've done it. They've already shown that they can age her quite effectively. Yeah. 
with Cap too. That's amazing that that was her on that bed. Yeah, she did not look like no. her, and it's really really impressive. All right, well I think uh, I think that about wraps it up. We've that, talked that at length. We have, and and I, and I hate to be down on an episode. I, I really, I I didn't hate it. I just had my problems. Yeah, and uh, maybe they will. Maybe these problems will all go away when they come up with season two, and they've set up. They put the maybe they were just moving the pieces where they needed to be for some great stuff in season two, and I'm definitely willing to. I'm I'll be watching season two for sure. I mean, when they come out with more of it, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. But I still just think tell the story. Sure, like, I don't mind. Don't set me up for something else. Tell the story. I don't mind setting up. I really don't. I think I don't mind setting up for three episodes. What What do you mean? Not eight. Well, I feel like they did tell the story. They just used. I, I think the problem for me is they used the finale, which should be wrapping up the current storyline, and they did more set up in this episode and more callbacks to Captain America than they have done in the rest of the series. So it was like, we got this story, and I got to where I cared about the story, and I cared about Leviathan, and I cared about what was going on, and then they were like, here's the big finale of your story, and then they treated the story like it didn't matter, and then they gave us a resolution scene with that not a dog fight um you know that didn't matter and we knew wasn't wasn't a threat and it just felt like it just you know there were just major problems with this episode yeah <clears throat> and 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 it just didn't feel like a resolution to the story we've been watching for seven episodes is i guess how i feel i understand that feeling because it, it seemed like they resolved there. They they tried to resolve it, and it came out with a very loose, just disgusting, horribly tied knot. It's like a, a fifth grade knot or a a five year old's shoelace knot of <laughs> an episode being tied up. Yeah, or like tied into a nice little package. Yeah, it just doesn't... It's like you're saying, tell the story. And I feel like they did that for the seven episodes. In the eighth, it was just like... What did you do? Like, uh, we <laughs> you're supposed do, to wrap up everything. other things to do other than wrap up the storyline that you've been watching for seven episodes. We've got other things that we want to accomplish. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, you know. Um, so, uh, I guess, what is your rating on this episode? I think that I've got different ratings like rating numbers for the episode the series and then the episode as a finale <laughs> you know so three different ratings we're going for. right right so okay. like okay this episode I'll give it the same three ratings you this episode it. by itself if it was like the first episode of something would be like a seven and a half okay maybe an eight Pretty pretty good episode. Pretty solid episode by itself, setting up something else. This episode in the arc, like the series as a whole, I would probably give the series as a whole a solid seven and a half to eight. Mm-hmm. It's a good first season. Could use a little bit more building in certain places, but now they know what they've done wrong. They can they can fix that. You know when they come back. And then this season as a finale, six, yeah, five and a I half or six. A pretty crappy finale. 
as a finale, it was just so, not good. All right, as an episode, I would give this high marks as an episode. Like I really, if it was like you said, if it was the third episode for me, right? Like you already knew the characters enough, and you just wanted to get over the Captain America stuff. Like that's what this episode was focused on. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I'd, I'd give it an eight and a half. Like I think it was, I think it's a good episode, but as a finale, it really is. It just didn't hit any of the marks I needed it to hit to be the finale of this story. Yeah. I'd give it like a five as a finale. Um, just a big, big, big gulf. And and the series as a whole, I'd probably still give an eight yeah. to uh, to the entire entirety of the season. I really, um, the, se- the season was good. Um, it just, just fell short at the end. Just fell short at the end. And it's not the end, I don't think. I think they're going to go... I think we're going to get more more Peggy Carter. If not here, we'll get it somewhere. Yeah. They will wrap this story up. Now there's um, she's going to be included in flashbacks in Ant-Man. Yeah. So I mean, there's at least there's that. And we've got to we've got to bridge mm, that wonderful gap. Wonderful see Souza. <laughs> in like the 70s. Uh, maybe. With like bell bottoms and an afro. <laughs> Bell bottoms wouldn't work very well with this crutch. <laughs> Bell bottoms and afro and Wolverine claws. <laughs> I really liked that uh, Howard was like, "Oh, I can fix that for you." Yeah, thumb his leg. Yep, that was great. Oh, what if Susan's the first one, the first Deathlock? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought this episode, Howard Stark, in this episode shined. He really did. Uh, he was he, he was probably the best part of this episode. This was the best Howard Stark I think we've gotten. We've got a lot of him in this episode and a lot of really well written, just good jokes. Well good. written, well acted, like Oh yeah. He's really Dominic Cooper is really, really good as Absolutely. Howard Stark. Absolutely. Um anyway, uh yeah, so that was good. And you got anything else you want to talk about tonight? I'm no, I'm really excited about Agents of Shield coming back. Me too. It's not like I hate Agent Carter and just want it to go away so that we can get more Shield, but like they've been teasing everything with Agents of Shield and they had that huge reveal in the the mid-season finale. Yeah. With um with you know Daisy or with Sky being Daisy and Cal or you know doctor being or mr mcdrippy hands yeah being cal zabo like all of this stuff is really really big and like they 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 showed me all of this and they said this is what you can have in three months yeah and i went you sons of bitches (laughs) give me that yeah and i think i'm excited to see how ultron affects shield yep just, 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 that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see Ultron, but I, I really can't wait to see if it has as big of an impact as Captain America Winter Soldier had. And of course, the Netflix series, I, oh, we still don't Daredevil know coming out. how they're going to set that Daredevil series, like where, when it's going to be happening, if it's going to be happening around the same time, um, if it's possibility that that stuff will ha- intersect S.H.I.E.L.D. slash... Agent Carter slash uh, Ultron, like if this is all going to have some sort of correlations. Uh, oh, they're going to. It's Marvel. It's all connected. Sure. Interconnectivity. Sure. Interconnectivity. Um. So yeah, I think. Uh, I think 
I'm just super excited about the coming months. We got a, we got a lot of great stuff coming. We got a whole lot of really good content coming down the pipe. And I feel like Agent Carter was a wonderful way to tide us over, but that's really what it's done. <laughs> it's been yeah. like a little little Marvel fix every week. Yeah. <laughs> They've given me a, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and I'm like, all right, all right, it's done. Give me the big stuff. I'm ready. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine. Check them out at 45-magazine.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, just go to at MCUcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash MCUcast, mcucast.wordpress.com, mcucast at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to give us a call, leave some feedback, call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, we love to hear your comments and what you thought of Agent Carter. If you think we're crazy for disliking an episode uh, of this wonderful, wonderful show, um, seems like we it both... has been a great show. It really has. It really. It has. just didn't feel like it got tied up right. Mm-hmm. I hear you. It's hard to end things. It really is hard to end things in general. Yeah, but and, I mean, it seems like they let the fifth or the yeah the fifth grader make all of the decisions on where to put the tape on this wrapping paper, <laughs> and none of it makes sense. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll be back next week with some Agents of Shield talk. Agents of Shield. <sighs> next the week, second half, one week away. Man, it's exciting. And then I don't think we have a we do we don't have a break until after Age of Ultron. This is going to be a really really hardcore couple mm. months. I just thought about this. Um, you know we're coming we're coming back to it right uh we're coming back to it next week and then we've got two weeks of agents of shield and then the next week the 17th i'm going to be in chicago on my honeymoon Duh. i know yeah you guys should go uh, buy something off his registry for him yeah yeah my registry Zola.com slash registry slash Thor Ensif, all one word. Z O L A dot com slash registry slash Thor Ensif. Yeah. Go 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 give them a present for their uh for their honey for their honeymoon or their wedding. Or the house that we're buying. Like, Woohoo. It's intense. And I like that it's set up like a Kickstarter. You can just kind of, you know, pledge a backing on this, like put down you know, ten, twenty, thirty, five hundred dollars. You know, whatever. Yeah. Five hundred, everybody. Put down five hundred. <laughs> At least put down five hundred. Papa needs a brand new puppy. <laughs> At least put down five hundred pennies. That'd yeah, be, that'd be awesome. That would be nice. It's a, it's a wed. Um. All right. Well, guys, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Matt. I'm Jeff. 